Welcome to Winning the World for Christ, a Christ Church Way of the Cross podcast with Bishop Ronald Frazier. Christ Church proudly celebrates 20 years of ministry and service to God. Now, here's Bishop Frazier with today's message. Excuse me, but I must say thank you. I want to share from Luke chapter 17 as well as Leviticus chapter 14 in this morning's message. And Luke 17, beginning at verse number 11, and it reads, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Verse number 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show thyself unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. I want to use this subject, excuse me, but I must go tell him thank you. Excuse me, but I must go and tell him thank you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for healing us of the brokenness that we were trapped in. We thank you because like a bird, you have set us free from the cage of sin that locked us up. We turn to say thank you. It is right to give you praise, glory, and honor. Bless your word as we declare it today. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a world when so many people take for granted the things that they have. We sat down and we celebrated a great feast. 
And we just took for granted that we're going to have pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie, turkey and ham and potato salad and collard greens and string beans. Okay, I know I'm making you hungry. <laughs> Mashed potato and corn pudding and all the fixing that go with a great feast. We just took that for granted. We were going to have it. We realize there are people who are walking our streets without one, a place to sleep, a place to stay, even the basic food to eat they do not have. And the things we take for granted, so many people wish they would even have what we throw away, the waste that's in our refrigerator. There are so many wishing that they had what we would just simply throw away. Gratitude is a tremendous attitude to have, to be grateful for the little things. And, you know, don't take that for granted to say thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you have done. I'm thanking you. It means a lot just to say thank you. Those two words are magical words. I tell children, they're magical words. You'll be surprised at what people will do for you when you are grateful. When you say, thank you, I appreciate what you have done for me. Even if you don't like to get thank you anyway, it leaves the door open for something else to come. But when you find that little one who you give something and they don't say thank you, or you do some nice thing for and they still don't say thank you, okay, last time I'll do something for you. It's an attitude. And this attitude that I'm grateful and I appreciate. And when we look at this particular text, we see here that Jesus enters the city of Samaria and Galilee. And when he goes through the village, there met him. Notice the number. Ten men that were leopard. It's ten of them. A group of ten. Misery loves company. Birds of a feather Flock together. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not a drug addict, but I just hang around folks that are drug addicts. I'm not an alcoholic, but I just hang around people that's an alcoholic. I'm not this, but I just hang around people who's doing this. Watch it, because you are guilty by association. No, 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 no. I, you know, I'm just in the car. I was just going along for the ride. I didn't know they were going to rob the store. I was just riding in the car. Okay, well, guess what? When they go to jail, you're going to jail because you were in the car. Oh, God, you got to be careful who you associate with because you are known by the company you kill. And these 10 lepers were grouped together. Perhaps society had pushed them aside and had rejected them and had just grouped them and clustered them and just pushed them all in the side of being rejected. I think about how many times they have stood by the village gate and just beg people to help them as they pass the way. They couldn't just freely go into the city and go to McDonald's and sit down and eat. No, they couldn't just pull up to Wendy's and get a sandwich. Uh Uh-uh. They were outcasts. They were forbidden to enter the city. In fact, when they came around people, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. You didn't wonder if they were leper. They hollered out and told you, They were unclean. All this was provided according to the Lord. And it says, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten. 
that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, you know, they had to make some noise. They called his name Jesus because they realized that the person who was passing them by was the person who was able to do something about their situation. And I wonder how many times does Jesus pass us by just waiting for us to cry out Jesus, to get his attention, to change our circumstances, to turn our situation around. Notice they didn't just say Jesus, but they said Jesus, master, which means teacher. Lord, I want you to come teach us something. I know you're able to change my situation. You're able to speak to my circumstances. Master, Jesus, master. And now that I have his ear, teacher, I'm talking about you. If there's another Jesus, I'm talking about you, the master, you, the teacher. He has my ear. Now they said, have mercy on us. Look what they're crying for. Not that they, he would just do and give them what they deserve. Because what they deserve is to be outcast, banned from society, kept at bay. But what they're asking for is mercy. God, a merited favor to undeserving men. Not that I deserve it, but God knows I need it. And if you've ever been in a position when you needed God to have mercy on you, you know what I'm talking about. No, don't just give me what I deserve because if I get what I deserve, I deserve to go to hell. I deserve punishment. I deserve your wrath, but I'm asking for your mercy. I'm throwing myself on the mercies of the court because if I ask for mercy, maybe mercy will plead my case. Hear my cause. Lord, give me mercy. Have mercy on us. And notice that the Bible says that when he saw them, which means he gave visual to their plight. Many times you could walk past an individual and see him, but really not see him. But he saw them. He looked at them. And not only did he look at them, but he looked through them. He saw their condition. He saw the situation that they were in. He saw what was lacking in their life. He saw what was going on on the inside. Have you ever looked at somebody and just kind of sized them up and the spirit of discernment kicks in and tell you what's happening in that individual's life? You may not say I possess the gift of discerning the spirit, but the Lord just quickened in your spirit what's going on with that individual. He saw them and in a moment's notice, 10 men, their lives flashed before them of what was, my God, where they were. But not only that, he saw their future, what they could be. Good God Almighty. He saw their past. He saw their present. He saw their future. And when the Lord looked at us, not only do he see our past, but he see our present and he see our future. He knows what's in store for us down the road. He saw it. And that's why I appreciate when the Lord see me, when he stopped by and look at me, he don't only just look at the foolishness I've been involved in. He don't look at the situation that has presently entrapped me, but he looks at my future and see how he can use me for his glory and for his honor and for his glory to get some glory out of my situation. How many times do we look at a person and we judge them by their past? We hold them captive 
captive to their present circumstance. But God knows if we can look again and say, you know what? You've got some potential in you. There's a work that God can do. And that was the mothers of Zion. The mothers will look at you and say, boy, you better quit that plan. God has his hands upon you. There's an anointing upon you. You better get yourself together. Oh, God. Looking and speaking into your future. Aren't you glad the Lord saw you? He saw them. And not only did he see them, he said unto them. He is holding a conversation. There is a word for your situation from the Lord. Lord, don't just see me, but send me a word. Don't you know a word from the Lord can stop you from doing the things that you are doing that are wrong? Don't you know a word from the Lord can speak? Peace to a troubled mind. Don't you know a word from the Lord can turn a situation around that seemed like it will not turn around? A word from the Lord can be a door of opportunity when there seemed like there was no door around. A word from the Lord can be freedom. My God, when it looks like all my freedom has been taken away. He said, he spoke unto them, the spoken word. And this is the word he said, go. <laughs> he said, I want you to go show yourself to the priest. I want you to go, get out. Get out of your situation and go show yourselves to the priest. Now, what those 10 men should have did right there, they should have stopped and said, Lord, you don't understand. When we go to the priest, we need to be clean. We need to have our healing. We need to have our deliverance. No, no, no. We go to the priest. We only go to the priest when it's over. We go to the priest when our situation has been resolved. We go to the priest at the end of our leprosy. But Jesus said, Go to the priest. And these men, something in their spirit said, if he's telling me to go to the priest, that means what I need is already done. It has not been manifested yet, but because he spoke a word to me, I'm stepping out on faith and I'm on my way to the priest. I'm going to see the priest because it's only the priest that can say you are cleansed. You are healed. You are delivered. Here is your past to enter society again. You are every whit whole. He told them, go show yourself to the priest. And notice the wording. Mm -hmm. As they go, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. How far was it from the point where he said you're cleansed uh -huh, right. right. and go right. that they realized they were healed? It had to be some distance, but then if it was some distance, it says when one of them, as they were going, when he saw that he was healed, <laughs> he turned back. I'm on my way to the priest, but I realize I'm healed. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going back. You excuse me. Go right ahead, the nine, and go right along. But I don't know about you, but before I run, tell the priest anything, I must go back. And I've got to tell the Lord, thank you. I've got to tell him, I appreciate what you have done for me. God, I appreciate you. He stops and he goes back. Mm -hmm. When I think about this, let's look a little further. He says they go show themselves to the priest. So they're on their way to the priest. Look at Leviticus. Keep your bookmark there. Run over to Leviticus chapter 14. When you get to the priest, this is what the priest is going to do. Leviticus chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, says, 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leopard in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive. Do you see it? Uh-huh. And clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. And as for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them in the living bird, dip the living bird in the blood of a bird that was killed over running water. Do you see what's going on? You've got two birds here. One bird must die, and the blood of that bird that died, the living bird, is dipped in the blood. My God, I could preach that right here. How when we were lepers, when we were in our sin, how when our issues were upon us, he took the blood of Jesus Christ, and he dipped us in his blood. Do you see? Oh, God. Under the running water. The blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Verse 7. And shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leper seven times. And shall pronounce him clean. And shall let the living bird loose into an open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes. Shave off his hair. Wash himself in water that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp. And shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. Uh huh. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows and even all his hair. He shall shave off and he shall wash his clothes. Also, he shall wash his flesh in the water and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day, he shall take two he lambs without blemish. And one ewe lamb on the first year without blemish and three-tenth deals of fine flour for a meal offering mingled with oil and one log of oil. And the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean in those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest, he's going to tell you what he's doing, taking this sacrifice. Now just think about what's going on. There's a lot of things that must happen before these ten men can rejoin their family. And part of that process is a sacrifice to birds to be cleaned, the gathering of the lambs, to getting all these animals together, the priests to observe them. Seven days have to pass, and then seven more days have to pass. So as you can see, when they're going back to the priest, they still have several days ahead of them. It's like I have this long journey in front of me. I have this long road ahead of me. So now that the Lord told me to go to the priest, I'm going to the priest, but I realize it's still going to be several days before I can get back here in Jerusalem. But you've got to understand, this is what the law has required.
required for these Jewish men to do and to obey. And they understand what the law is all about. And sometimes religion can trap us. Religion can ensnare us. Tradition can lock us up. But the Bible says that the one that slipped away. He wasn't the religious one. He wasn't the Jewish one, but he was the Samaritan. He was the unbeliever. He was the one that considered the dogs, the mixed race. He was the one that was outside, the outcast. And maybe he didn't understand in his mind all the things that would happen happen before he could come back in the city so he was kind of confused but no he said I don't have all the trappings I'm not your religious teaching but this one thing I know I know protocol and protocol means if somebody done something for me I have to stop what I'm doing and go back to him and tell him thank you but the other nine they're going on to the priest you're going to be so far behind you're going to be backed up. You're going to have to go get your birds. You're going to have to go get your land. I don't care what I have to do later. This is what I have to do now. And there's a sense of urgency to tell him thank you. And there should be that sense of attitude of gratitude. God, you know, I've got to tell you thank you right now. I don't know what else I have to do. I don't care what else needs to be done. But the first thing I need to do is to tell you Thank you. The very first thing I need to do is to acknowledge that you are in my life and you have changed my life. And I don't care what anybody else say. It may not be the right time. It may not be the right place. It may not be the right moment. But something on the inside is telling me I need to tell you. Thank you. Jesus. Do you see it? Do you see it? It's a time of gratitude. And since every once in a while, you've got to take that thank you break. Have you ever been doing something and then you realize God did something for you and it wasn't the right time, it wasn't the right place, but something on the inside told you, thank you. Oh, my God. You ever slip and speak in tongue and you in public? That's about shot. And then I get... And I'm so glad it came out in tongues. Oh, my God. What, 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 child? You'll understand it. You'll know. But, you know, sometimes God's been so good to you. It's not until you begin to go and you begin to do something else that you realize that pain that you had is God. That situation you've been wrestling with is God. That heavy load that was on your shoulder is God. Oh my God. When the moment you begin to think about what God has done for you, you know, something on the inside tell you, thank you. If your old sinner man can take his smoke break and go to the bathroom and take their drink break, and if you take your coffee break and you're like, I think we should be able to slip away and just take a praise break. Because when we think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for us, something on the inside said, I've got to praise him. And I've got to praise him now. Say, there's an attitude to say, God, I thank you. Just look over your life. You don't have this. You don't have that. This is working against you. That is working against you. You got trouble on this side. You got a situation you're dealing with this way. You're trying to rattle and get your bills together. Your finances out of shape. 
this is acting up, your kids are cutting the food, your mate is cutting up, all these things are working against you. But in the midst of all these things that's working against you, I want to know what's working for you. What has God done for you? God, you know what? I could focus on the negative things in my life so much that I forget that I woke up this morning. I could forget that you've given me strength. I could forget I have my health. I have a reasonable portion of health and strength. I have a sane mind. I could forget the great things you have done for me. And every once in a while, I need to be reminded. That even though things are not as well as I want them to be, even though things are not going the way I want it to be, it could be so much. It could be, it could be, it could be. It could have been the other way. Things could have been really working against me. But I sat down at this table and look what I'm eating. I don't even have what I desire to eat. But you know, I have something to eat. I have a table to sit at. I have a household and clothes and a roof over my head. I am thankful for what I do have. Oh, excuse me, but I have to tell them, thank you. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to my God. Who are you thanking? I don't get Thank me for what I'm not talking to you. You heard me say thank you, but I'm talking to Jesus. I'm having a conversation with, it's not the right time. It's not the right place. You, it may not be the right time for you. It may not be the right place for you. But it's the right time for me. Just excuse me. Because God's been so good to me. This thing is personal. It's personal now. He's been so good to me. I have to tell him, thank you. And every once in a while, you've got to break away and tell the Lord, thank you. God, you've been good to me. And I just want to thank you. You made a way for me, and I just want to tell you, thank you. You've touched my body, and I want to tell you, thank you. You handled a situation that I didn't even know how in the world I was coming out of this situation. And I look, and I'm out of this situation. Oh, you are you wait until Pastor Frazier said, now is the time. To give God the praise. Okay, it's Sunday morning. It's a few minutes of pastor observation. Now it's the time for me to stand up and give my testimony. But you know what? I may not can wait to pastoral observation and that Sunday morning to give God the thanks. I've got to thank him right where I am right now because God's been good to me and I can't let this opportunity slip out of my hands. This is a golden opportunity to tell him thank you. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I express it with my mouth. Okay, that's fine. But when you begin to worship God, our worship comes out of our mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what's on the inside of me is coming out. I find myself, I going through my day, and I just be saying, thank you. I've gone my stool today. I've been saying, thank you. I'm driving along and I just say, thank you. I'm cooking and I'm saying, thank you. Sometimes I'm cleaning up and I'm even saying, thank you. Say, sometimes you learn to get yourself in an attitude of just being thankful. Because when you stop and think about it, God's been good to you and you've got a right to tell him, thank you. Do you see it? 
this man said, I got to come back, okay? He turns back, and as he comes back, he begins to thank him. He says, the Bible says, he tell him, thank you. Oh, yeah, with a loud voice, he glorified God. But notice this, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. I said it with my mouth, but that's not enough. I want my body to tell you, I thank you. We bow before the king. Have you ever been in prayer so much? You're praying on your knees that that's not enough. You got to get on your face. I don't know about you, but it's so good. You just want to lay in his presence. And as you lay in his presence, somebody come in, they may think you're dead. They may think something is wrong. They may think you've lost it, but they don't understand. I just want to lay in his presence. I want to vast in your presence. I want my body to say, I appreciate you. I want my body to acknowledge I'm thankful. Oh, God, I thank you. Yeah, I could be on my knees, but that's not far enough. I want to get on my face. I want to bow before you and say you're worthy to receive the glory. You're worthy to receive the honor. You're worthy to receive the praise. I thank you. I lay before you. Lord have mercy. If somebody would have come into our church and see us laying on the ground, laying in his presence, and that looks stupid. That don't look right. Mm. Somebody find a blanket or something to throw over them. That don't look holy. That don't look like the right thing to do. It may not look right. But you don't know like I know what God has done for me and my body. My body just want to tell them thank you. I appreciate you. I worship and I adore you. I bow before the king to tell you, thank you. Oh, God. So he said it's with his lips. He bows in his presence. Oh, bless his name. He put his face to give him thanks. He was a Samaritan. These Jewish boys, they deserve it. For salvation is of the Jews. The Jewish boys had a right because he came to his own. Okay. Yeah, they had a right because he was a Jew. But what do you do when God comes outside of your culture? When he steps outside of the box? When he breaks the mold? When he gives you an exception? When he breaks the rule? When he steps in your direction? You say, God, you know what? I'm really grateful. I don't care what the rest of them do. I don't care what anybody else do. This is for me. I want to tell you, thank you. I want you to know I appreciate you taking the extra time to minister to me. And Jesus answered and said, okay, wait, 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 son. I see the one laying and bowing before me. Were there not ten? Okay. There was ten. But I am the tithe. I am the one-tenth. I am what I give back to God for what God has done for me. Other people can go on their lives and go on with their work and go on and do all the other things they have to do. But as for me, I have to come back and tell them. Thank you. 
Everybody else can go on and prepare their meal and clean their house and get things ready. But I've got to go back and tell them, thank you. Everything else can go on hold. The most important thing for me to do right now is to go back and tell them, thank you. Oh, Jesus. I don't know who this message is for. But I hear God said, you need to push some things aside. You need to excuse yourself from some circles, from some commitments and say, excuse me, but I got to take a few minutes. <laughs> excuse me, I got to lay before my God and I've got to tell him thank you. Oh, Jesus. Where are the nine? Where are they? Where are they not nine? But where are they not? Lord, I can't answer for the nine. I can't answer for my mother. I can't answer for my father. I can't answer for my brother. I can't answer for my sister. I can't give an account of where they are, but I can account for myself here and present and accounted for. I don't care what the rest of them do. The one thing I'm going to do is thank you. Do you see it? Where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger, this foreigner, this outsider, this misfit, not only were you a leopard, but you're a foreigner. And yes, I am the one that slipped back to tell you, thank you. And he said unto him, arise. <laughs> oh, God, thank you. And that's what God wants to speak to us. He wants to lift us out of our state. He wants to lift us out of our depression. He wants to lift us out of our heaviness. Do you see it? Arise. And that's what you want God to do. He wants to lift you up. And God, I want to be lifted up above my circumstances, above my situation. Arise. God, I want to come up. I want to see myself coming up above my circumstances. Arise. Above everything that's mounted against me. Arise. He's calling us to rise up with wings like an eagle. He's causing us to mount up so we can get ready to take off. Oh, Jesus. He's the glory and the lifter of our soul. Do you see it? He says, arise. Let God arise. His enemies going to be scattered. Arise. He says, and now go. He's telling them the second time. Now I'm going to get up. Now it's your time to go. I started the first time, but it wasn't complete until I came back to turn thanks. I started on my journey, and I realized what God has done for me. And something on the inside said, I've got to go back and tell him, thank you. And now he's telling me to rise. Go. Go on to the priest. Go show yourself. Go do your 14 days of waiting outside the camp. But this time as you go, just remember I said that faith had made you whole. Oh God, I'm not just healed, but I'm whole. Because you can be healed, but not be whole. But you can be whole and not be healed. God don't just want to heal you. He wants to make you whole. Will I be made whole? Yes, I'll be made whole. Will you be healed? Yes, I will be healed. Because I'm going to rise. And I'm going to give you the glory. Excuse me. But I must tell him. Thank you. Go find your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Excuse me. But I must tell him thank you. I know my praise gets on your nerve. I know my praise bother you. 
But I must tell him thank you. I've got to tell him thank you. He's been so good to me. I must tell him thank you. You've just heard Bishop Ronald Frazier with a powerful message. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, feel free to drop by our website, www.ChristChurchInc.org. We're also on Facebook at ChristChurchInc and Instagram at Christ underscore church underscore INC. Winning the World for Christ was produced by Sando Savant Media. Music is provided by the O'Neill Brothers Group. You can find more of their wonderful music at www.oneillbrothersgroup.com. We thank you for listening to today's message and truly hope that it was a blessing to you. Tune in next week for another great word. Until then, have a blessed week.